You're listening to the Party Girl Podcast with Chelsea Curtis, episode 142. What's up, you guys? It's been kind of a crazy, crazy time. It's summer, and my kids are not in school. Well, my one, my my eight-year-old is not in school. The two-year-old is um, suddenly gaining all kinds of autonomy. And I don't know about you, but it's like a madhouse here. So we're all just kind of trying to stay afloat. And I thought I'd jump on because I missed all of you so much. And I'm like, man, I need to get back into podcasting. So I'm putting out my own hand and slapping it for just being so all over the place with this podcast because um, I find so many new friends and so many new students through this podcast. And honestly, I have loved event planning for the past almost nine years. And I love sharing my takeaways. I love sharing the things I'm learning. And I honestly wish that when I started, somebody had a podcast that would share about event planning. So I want to dive into today's episode and let you know my five best ways to write better event blog posts. Now, if you're an event planner and you do not have a blog, then put out your own hand and slap it. (laughs) I'm only kidding. Okay. When you're an event planner, the name of the game is marketing finding clients, asking your good clients to send you their referrals, right? And so if you're not utilizing a blog, if you're not utilizing Instagram or social media, you are missing a huge opportunity, you guys. And so I want to give you some inspiration of what to write. There's so many times that you have great content, whether you just did a party or you, you know, just did a wedding or some event for a client and you have these great photos and you're like, oh, I don't know what to say. So here's what you're going to say so that you're not only going to transfer these um, events into part of your portfolio and event memories, but also into your marketing strategy so that you can find new clients through this work that you're doing. Okay. So the number one thing I want you to do is to think about your event takeaways. Sometimes when we do event recaps, it's like you kind of just walk through the whole event from start to finish and you're like, okay, so this is how the event started and the guests showed up and this is what they experienced and this is what they ate. And honestly, that's fine, but it doesn't have to be a play-by-play of the event. Um, it, It can actually be a lot more exciting instead of so repetitive for your followers and your attendees, because they want to know more of like what you liked about the event, or maybe what challenges did we not see from the outside that you want to give us a little bit more insight on and tell us how you overcame those challenges. Right? So I think about like a quote from the event that sticks out in your head or something that somebody said, or again, a challenge that you resolved that maybe nobody knew about, but now that the event's over, you can talk about it. Right. And try to think creatively and uniquely about each event that you are putting together. The next thing is when you're writing event blog posts, you do not want to wait too long to get them out there. It's super, super important that you are writing down your thoughts and the re like the rehashing of it as quickly as possible. And I know sometimes after the event is over, you're exhausted, right? You're like, gosh, I'm so tired. Like if you're like me, I have a rule where when I do events, I leave my car completely packed until the next day. Like I do not unload my car the day of events or I guess, you know, like the morning of events because you're usually getting home um, in the wee hours of the morning. Um, But it's important to just write down your thoughts. So as soon as you can, you know, maybe even just record a voice memo on your phone and just talk about some of the things you loved and some of the things you don't want to forget. Because when it's fresh in your mind and you're excited, like it's so much more 
fun to remember that side of the event. Then all the, I guess, blurred details because you waited too long. So I want you to focus on your top takeaways and like the highlights and how how the event can be different. And I want you to write about it really quickly, like no later than three days after the event. Okay. Now, when you write a blog post, obviously like you can just write a text format. It could be like long form or short form, which is fine, but you absolutely have to have images. Events are so um, image heavy and they're so dependent on what we see. If somebody told me about their event and then they showed me pictures later, I can guarantee you in my mind it would not be the same event that I pictured in my mind, right? Because in my mind, when I plan an event and I hear it looks like this and we have this color linens and we have this kind of flowers, I'm like picturing what I want to see in my mind, right? Because I'm a creative person. And so when you pair up images, it makes it so that I understand what you're talking about. I can understand what level this event was. I can understand how you put it together and how you saw vision for this event. Does that make sense? So sometimes people aren't very good at getting images back. And maybe let's say you come home from the event, you write the event while it's fresh on your mind, and then you're waiting on a photographer to get those images to you. Okay. That's okay. That happens. That's why you write it down because sometimes it does take three to six weeks for the photographer to get back to you, especially for weddings. Photographers are, they like to take their sweet time. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to those full album shots. And so don't be afraid to snap a few of your own photos and don't be afraid to have a moment of just taking some time to document, whether it's through video or taking pictures on your phone. Phones nowadays are amazing. I have an amazing DSLR camera. It was very expensive. And I also have an iPhone and I can get amazing images just from my iPhone by messing around with the settings and playing around with it a little bit. So don't be afraid to take your own photos and to play around with lighting and filters and even the settings on the camera. Okay. Next, after you've got the idea that you want, the, you know, the highlights you're going to talk about, and you've got some images that you can share. Another thing you can do is you can just go into like a highlight reel. Um, sometimes if you think about the whole event as a highlight reel, like, Oh, I liked this piece and I like this piece and I like that part. And I like that we served this. And I like that we solved this problem and we did this for the flower arrangements. You can actually take those and make them individual blog posts that you go more in depth on. For example, let's say one of the highlights was like the flower arrangements. I love these flower arrangements. They're so gorgeous. It's so pretty. That could be a whole tutorial that you could write about later saying like, this is how I put them together. Or I actually recently had a wedding. This is a true story. I, I did a wedding just in June and the flower, the florist who came and delivered the flowers Um, the flowers that she brought and the palette that she had were completely clashing with the, the balloon garland and the balloon garland was totally neutral. It was all of these like creams and light pinks and white and clear and the balloon and again, neutral balloons and the flowers were like coral and yellow. And yes, there was like white in there and pink and and light peach flowers that were more complimentary of the balloons. But I actually had to go in and pick out some of these bright flowers that just clashed because they didn't work. Right. That could be a whole blog post because I have pictures of before, like what it looked like. And then I have pictures after we took out all of the bright colors and then just had a more muted complimentary palette 
again, the brighter flowers looked great in other places, but just right up against this balloon garland, it just, everyone who walked in, you could just see it was like, this does not go together, right? So there I have a problem solved and I have a transformation that I could talk about how I, how I pulled that off and how I saved it and made the bride super happy even though the mother of the bride was not very happy with me because she paid a lot of money for these flowers and didn't want them changed. But again, once it was all said and done, she was so happy and thrilled and it was all for the best. So again, making sure that you can create a lot of content off of one event is really important. So you're getting a lot of blog post ideas and not just one when you're putting together your event blog posts. So the last point I want to talk about, and I don't know if you've heard this before, this is honestly my mantra for a lot of aspects of being an entrepreneur, but it's B plus work, right? I think as an event planner and as a former perfectionist, I would spend so much time fixating, fixating, fixating on everything being perfect. And I have to tell you that there's no such thing as perfect. And even though as event planners, we want everything to be perfect, I think deep down, we're like, we just know we're doing our very best. It's not perfect. The clients, hopefully they are like, this was the perfect day. This was the perfect event. Everything was exactly perfect. Everything was right. But we kind of have to be okay with B plus work and not fixate on things. So I want to give you that same rule when you're writing your blog post. It's okay if you're not a strong writer. You'll get better the more you do it. It's okay if your pictures aren't as good as the photographer's pictures. You can swap those out later when you get those professional images. You know what I'm saying? Like there's there's little things that you can be more proactive with right now and be more, um, I guess, just like taking the steps now instead of waiting until things are perfect because clients are looking to you for event planning advice. They're looking to you for your event planning portfolio. They want to see what you can do. And by you not sharing what you're up to and by you not sharing what what good things you're doing in the event space, you're hurting yourself and you're limiting your client pool and your referral pool. So I hope that this was helpful. If you have a tip or if you have something you like to write about as it pertains to event blog posts after the fact, tell me in the comments below. I would love to hear what you have done that's worked really well for you. And I will catch you in the next episode.